You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! going on guys welcome to another episode of peer pleasure with dewey halpas i am dewey your host with the most bringing you more great content week after week this week we have the triumphant return the part three of my buddy johnny christ from avenge sevenfold joining the show uh johnny has become a great friend of mine over the years and through podcasting through music um just a great dude and i was stoked to have him on for a part three to talk about the new avenge sevenfold record which is absolutely incredible. Uh, you guys will hear it very, very soon. Um, it is, it's a journey. It's an absolute journey. And we couldn't talk about a ton of it at the time of recording this because uh, not a lot had been announced, but it's an absolute journey. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this record. Uh, it's called Life is But a Dream. It's out June 2nd. The boys are actually doing an album event in Vegas starting today at Area 15. Uh, that's why I'm releasing this today off cycle. Um, this episode is coming out on a Thursday. So through the weekend at Area 15, where you can hear the new record, you it's a whole 360 immersive experience, as well as they have announced that they're doing a surprise show tomorrow, Friday, which is the 12th of May. Um, if you're listening to this today, it's tomorrow. Um, they're going to do a surprise show uh, at Area 15 at the A-Lot. So Check that out if you're in Vegas. If you're going to be in Vegas, uh, definitely check out the record. It's incredible. Like I've already said, it's a journey. Uh, you guys are really, really going to enjoy it. Uh, hopefully as much as I did because uh, it's it's it was awesome. I've been listening to it every day 
Um, and they really killed it on this one. So cheers to the boys in Avenged Sevenfold. Uh, cheers to Johnny for coming on. No pun intended. His podcast, Drinks with Johnny, is also on the network. And you guys can check that out wherever you download podcasts. Uh, but let's get some business out of the way and we'll jump into this one. So peerpleasurepod.com uh, is the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is email if you want to get in touch with me with guest ideas or questions or comments. Uh, we also have the uh, premium service, which is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm, where you get the old videos of the episodes. You get access to the past cast as well as the ad-free feed, as well as the Facebook group, the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle. You can head over to Facebook and join that. We are also on YouTube. If you want to go subscribe to that, uh, that would be awesome. You can also see the new videos of episodes up there now, including this one with Johnny Christ for his part three appearance. All right, guys, I don't have a ton to say. This album's great. This event's going to be rad in Vegas. I want to put some uh, shed some spotlight on that event, and we're doing that today. So uh, if you're in Vegas, head down to Area 15 and check out this album event uh, for Avenge Sevenfold. But if you're not, check out this episode. Here it is with my buddy Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold. recording on my end too and i'm gonna go ahead and uh awesome. i have a pod to do right after this and then uh later tonight i'll send you my audio that i recorded here and you can use whichever one you want sweet so this is Streamyard, dude yeah looks good yeah it's not bad so you can do all sorts of shit you can do you can have like you can change backgrounds you can add uh banners. yeah we fucked with it we fucked with it the other day but for us i was also looking for something that i can um that i can use when people are in person. Uh-huh. So we're going to use Streamlabs, actually. Okay. But I appreciate the recommendation because I mean, it definitely looks good. 
and it can do a lot of the stuff we want to do, but there's a few other things that we want to do that it wasn't able to do okay. or we haven't figured out how to do yet. Yeah. Cause you guys are doing, you guys are still doing some more in-person stuff and, and is on the stuff with Sam, is he there with you or is he at his place and you're doing it remote? Um, both actually. Sometimes he's, he's here with me and sometimes he's at his house. Okay. So it just depends on uh, the scheduling. Nice. Well, how yeah. was, uh, how was, how was rehearsal? <laughs> rehearsal was awesome, man. Thanks. Uh, you know, we got, we're honing in until we move it into uh, production rehearsal right now. We're just doing a uh, band and, and, uh, uh, core crew, you know, techs and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, pretty soon we're going to be moving it into a bigger space where we can have the production and start going through all that. Nice. I was going to ask you what that, what a rehearsal is like at this level, because you know, everyone sees like the Metallica DVDs or not Metallica DVDs, but all the Metallica footage of them just like in a room, like a tiny room practicing. And then of course not full production, but I assume it's something similar to that, just a practice space. And you guys are just working through shit. Yeah. This time around, we're actually, that's exactly what it is. We're in a practice space that we're renting right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was, uh, uh, you know, out here in Santa Ana. So we just found a place that was close enough because we didn't want to drive all the way to LA. Um, and a lot of places, there used to be a really rad place right here in Fountain Valley. So it was like a 15 minute drive for us uh, called Sound Matrix out here. Mm -hmm. And during COVID, they shut down. So unfortunately, we, have, we, we had to find a new spot, but this place is working out pretty good for us. And, you know, like, like I said, we're out of it. And it, after tomorrow actually is our last day. Okay. Um, at this spot before we move on. I was going to say, wouldn't it make sense to like, I know, uh, I don't know if this is all insider baseball, but like, like Mastodon, <laughs> like they bought a building like, like, or, or like that they have practice spaces they built in it. And then, uh, uh, they also use it as like their gear storage studio, yeah, all yeah. that there, shit. Yeah. There was, um, there was some talks about, it. we have our own warehouse now that we run all of our merch out. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have for the last couple of years. Um, and we have like a, a, a few guys running it for us and helping us out, but it's at a big warehouse. It's also where we did our death bat club Halloween party, okay. um, last October. Um, it's had, it had enough space, but then, uh, we would, we're, our plan eventually is to build a whole stu whole studio in there. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's going to take some time because we want, we want to make a recording studio slash, uh, rehearsal space that we can use it out, but it's going to take some time to get that done. Sure. Dude, that'd be so rad to have your own space, your own world that you could have total control over. Just like yeah, a, I mean, a home base. Yeah, and it's it, it's close, so we're all mm -hmm. we're all excited once it gets done. I mean, even just having our merch and having a place to go to uh, for meetings and stuff like that right now is good. Like a home base and stuff, mm -hmm. like you said, it's kind of like a. I mean, just like Metallica, they have their uh, what do they call their place? I forget what they call like uh, they they have a name for it, mm -hmm. but it's all it's all in like one big warehouse. Uh, yeah, where they do a lot of their rehearsing too. Yeah, it's like ninety percent road cases and flags. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> just memorabilia from the road. That uh, God, that shit is awesome to see. Because it's something that you know a lot of people don't ever get to see unless they're watching one of those random videos where they where they film in there. Um, yeah, I don't think people understand how much gear a band of your guys' size acquires over time, and just how how much goes into the production, how much goes into the travel, like getting all that shit everywhere, like staggering. Yeah. Staggering. I mean, it takes, it takes a, a small army on, honestly to get it moving around and stuff. And yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like we, we have a lot of our old uh, staging in the warehouse and stuff, which is really cool. We got to, 
we get to pull that out like for events like we did the death bats club mm-hmm. uh, a halloween party and uh, we use some of our some of our stuff there and uh, we have like old flags banners and, and background uh stuff that we'll throw up and and then yeah i mean just like gear there's not as much as you would think i mean we've kind of uh dwindled it down as much as we can and then now uh this whole time that we've been working on just the band and text has really been we all switched over to axe effects and fractal mm. units so okay. everything's like so much smaller like the technology is insane now and they sound so good now with these axe effects threes i mean i was just able to dial in like my favorite bass tone i've ever been able to dial in plus be able to like uh you know tone match things from the album so when we play new songs and people who actually know the new songs, they're actually going to hear those tones that we spent, you know, the last five years working on yeah. live. So we're, it's it's a new thing. And um, I don't know too many. I haven't heard of any other bands doing it. The crew that we're working with are like, uh, we've never heard anyone take this much time and devotion into getting that sound right. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're stokes. And, you know, our front of house guy has it. Our monitor guy, everyone's saying like this, the tones are fat and great and they're going to translate really well to the, uh, to the arenas that we're going to be doing. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. Everybody's, it was just great to get the guys back together after, you know, we hadn't been in a room jamming together in five years. So it was, it was pretty crazy. That's wild, man. That's wild. Like to, to go from being like that flyer I sent you last night from Furnace Fest 2003. <laughs> Where, where is wait 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 where is Furnace Fest again? I mean, yeah, yeah, jog my memory. It's I in Birmingham, Alabama, at those Sloss Furnaces. It's Bur- yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, you could take like that tour uh-huh. of the of the furnaces behind there too, right? Yeah, it's one of the most haunted places in the country, and uh, uh, that's right. It's incredible. But like Hum got back together for that show, and it was like minus the bear was just starting. And I remember we drove, we played. We stayed to watch Norma Jean, and then we drove six and a half days straight to Anchorage, Alaska, to play the state fair. Uh, ridiculous wow. drive, six and a half days. Wait, you you played that state fair? I've I've been to that state fair, not playing it, but I've been. My my father in law still lives out in Anchorage, and I don't know four or five years ago, mm-hmm. uh, we went out and and visited him, and it was during the time, so I actually got to go to that state. It's a fun Dude, state fair. It's awesome, man. It's There's a, so many RVs, yeah. so many RVs. <laughs> turkey legs, insane. barbecue oh, yeah. turkey I mean, legs. It's, like, it's awesome. But it has a lot of the other stuff a state fair has, but mm-hmm. it's it's in Alaska. So for whatever reason, it just felt bigger. I don't know. It was it was really cool. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. We uh, yeah, we played there as Anatomy of a Ghost with Everclear and Grand Funk Railroad. Uh, Whoa. Like it was weird. You got to play with the funk? It was weird, man. Like the whole lineup for the whole fair was weird. And then Portugal the Man's gone and done it again a bunch of times, I'm sure. Not with me, mm. but. Um, yeah, six and a half days straight in a van, bro, all the way there. And we stopped to pick up like girlfriends and stuff in Portland on the way, which made it even more stressful. And you're uh, in the Econo van at this time? Yeah, we were in the 15 passenger Ford E350. That's tough. Yeah, it is. That's the tough life right there. Yeah. But dude, those (laughs) afternoon time slots on festivals back when things were just like starting to get started, it was so funny to see that, like looking back, just like Furnace Fest now and Furnace Fest then the lineup and just who's gone where, who's still around. It's crazy. It's crazy to see what I mean, of course, anything you add 20 years to is going to change. But um, oh, right. Yeah. The the process is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I remember you. It was Warped Tour 2003. Because you guys were pl- – were you guys playing the Volcom stage then too? Do you, you probably don't even remember this, but like – Yeah. No, no. Was we it Volcom? Start on, 2003 was my first Warped Tour. The guys had done – Okay, that's right. Uh, 
technically two before they did like a couple days in 2001 on the Kevin says stage. They did a couple weeks in 2002. I want to say, but I wasn't in the band, so don't, don't hold me to this, but I think they did the two prior summers. And then 2003 is when we were actually going to be like on the full thing or at least half of it. Cause it's like two months. So I, I think we were on for at least a month, maybe two months. I mean, shit, again, this was 20 years ago, so don't hold yeah. me to the memory of it. But there was, I do remember a lot about it, though, because it was my first Warp Tour. Uh, and uh, we started on the Volcom stage. And by the end of it, we were, um, we were on the, oh, what was that one? The Maurice stage. Yeah. And we were, we were regulars on the Maurice. I don't think in 2003. No, we hadn't. They didn't put us on the main stage in 2003 yet at any point. I don't think. I think it wasn't until 2005 when we came back and then we were starting, we were, we started on the Maurice, we ended on the main stage. Cause I mean, at that point, Kevin Lyman would put us on these stages. And then, uh, over the course of the summer, we were getting more traction, more and more here and there. And then they would put us on the main stage. No, it was 2003. My first warp tour, we ended up towards the end. We did a few main stage ones cause that was 2003. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. 2003 or 2004, we started playing the main stages. Yeah, shit was happening fast. Yeah, was, that was right when that was right when uh, Warner Brothers and a couple other uh, major labels got caught wind of what we were doing on Warp Tour, and they came out. And then ultimately, there was the <laughs> we like to call it the bidding wars for Avengers uh, <laughs> at the time. But uh, uh, yeah, we ended up going with uh, with Warner shortly after that. Well, let me ask you this: Was Warner Brothers your favorite uh, schmoozing dinner that you got taken out to, or were they not? <laughs> but you went with them anyway. Do you remember those? No, that's days? a great question. I, don't, I mean, I remember. I don't <laughs> schmoozing dinners. I mean, we. I was. I mean, shit, man. I was like eighteen, nineteen at the time. Yeah. I didn't care about a dinner, but we did. But we did get them to take us out to a couple strip clubs. Nice. And that and that was that was fun. So I mean, and I I don't remember. It's all a blur, really, of <laughs> of who took us out to where and everything. Like it was like. What I do remember though is you know. Andy Oliphant, who's still a very good friend of ours, was the first one that came out to our Chicago Warp Tour. Um, a kid cracked his head. We were on the asphalt in, in the mosh pit. We sat to stop the show, brought it back up. You know, we're, we were able to finish after he went on um, and got the ambulance and the, mm -hmm. the hospital that he needed. He ended up being fine. But Andy was there. Then he brought out Craig Aronson and Tom Wally, who Craig was another A&R agent. Tom Wally was the was the man on top at mm -hmm. the time. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, the three of them just having conversations with them was really what, uh, what, what brought us to it. They, they, they seemed to get us more than the other labels at the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they were willing to do, you know, they were willing to give us complete creative control and everything like that right off the bat, which uh, turns out it was probably one of the last deals that was given with a uh, complete creative control by a major label. So yeah. we lucked out on that. Well, you guys have a good vision too. Like that helped because the, I mean, you guys have, have been consistent the whole time. Like and you can tell how much work goes into what you guys do. And, and, um, you guys just got a lot of, a lot of big brains and in well, the band. We just take a lot. Just like, I mean, <laughs> I appreciate that, but I just know that we, we just take a lot of, we talk a lot, we take a lot of pride in what we do. Like we have fun. We're brothers, you know, we're, mm -hmm. we're a family. Um, as I've said many, many times over and it's just really true. But, you know, at the end of the day, like we're having fun, but we take a lot of pride in what we do. And this is, you know, this is our lifeline and um, we appreciate our fans so much. Mm -hmm. So like we don't ever want to half ass it for them, you know, like just phone it in. Like that's just not 
it's not in our DNA anyway, but sure. like, definitely when we think about it, it's like, nah, we're going to, we're going to go out and we're going to do this right. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. How much, uh, so this new record coming out, how mm. much of this can we discuss? Because there's not <laughs> much out. I don't want to say anything because I know how, how fast this shit gets picked, picked up by these, uh, bloggers, but what can we talk about? Or can we, we can talk, talk about, about the record? This... Let's not let's not let's not give too much of a, like like title tracks. Or, okay, because you know, like, the track like, list has not been songs. released. Track listing. I mean, nothing. Uh, no, it hasn't. Um, we'll okay. say. Um, you know, I just you know, we could talk pretty. We could talk about it and the process probably. And, okay. And just ask me some questions. Well, I'll, I'm really I'll, curious. I'll feel, I'll, feel, I'll feel free to tell you that I can't answer that. Okay. <laughs> I just don't want to say the the names of things if we can't. Yeah, I, I want to kind of hint. Of uh, well, okay. So first off, this record is a it's a fucking masterpiece of orchestration of styles of. There's so much going on here when you, when you. Uh, Samantha sent this to me. I was in my work truck. I pulled over and I put it on immediately. I just sat there and listened to it. And uh, my God, it is. So, okay, put it this way. When nobody came out, I was completely confused. I was like, I love the sound of this. I love the sound that's going on here. But this is not a single like this. It, it didn't sound like this is the like big grabbing single. And it didn't make sense to me until I heard it in the record. And then it made complete sense. It was like hearing it again for the first time. It's just like a, it's a snippet of such a massive undertaking that I think it's going to make sense to everyone when they hear it in the record. Anyways, that's just a side note thing. But um, I it made complete sense when I heard it in the record. Anyway, um what you guys are doing on this is like nothing you've ever done before. There's so much going on. Um, you know, songs have, you know, 10 different parts. Like it's, it's, but it's, it all flow. It all makes sense. That's what's fucking crazy. Yeah. Johnny is it's not like, Hey, let's make a super ambitious record for ambitious records sake. It's more yeah. like, let's throw all of our influences in here and see what happens. Let's see if we can go from like a like a straight up uh, like hardcore song to something stuff. Some of the stuff could go up there with like pop radio almost like it's crazy. Like <laughs> yeah. it's but it makes sense. It's not but like isn't that kind of how we've always I, in my opinion, I, I kind of feel like it's how we've always it's, this is different. Don't get me wrong. Uh but it's kind of how we've always been. We've we've always like on an entire album, you'll get flavors of of everything. Um, yes, of all of our influences. This one, to me, it's actually we trimmed the fat, so it sounds like there's so much going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's our shortest record. Let's just put time wise, it's our shortest record. Yeah. Um, uh, from front to back, but and I don't want to scare anyone. Like, oh, they didn't put any time into it. Like, no, like you know, you heard it. <laughs> we put so much time in it. We a lot of it was trimming the fat. So that, I mean, by the end of it, I mean, I showed it to friends and stuff and we're sitting around and, and you know, you're only halfway in. They're like, I feel like I've already been listening for an hour and not in a yeah. bad way. Right. It's not mm -hmm. like because I'm bored. It's because I've just taken in so much information because we put, we packed all, 
instead of letting things sit for too long, we just like, we get in and out of these parts. And that was, that was by design and, and, and it's easier said than done. Right. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, if you're, if you get into a motif, you find yourself maybe get struggling to get back out of it and into a different one, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, writing wise, we, it was a conscious effort to make sure that like everything, every part was there for a reason, not just because like, we need a, we need a filler here to get to the next part. You know, it's like, no, no, every part works together, everything on the record. I'm glad that you pointed out that nobody is not a traditional single. Um, and I think, I mean, that was by design too. I mean, we all believe that that song was the best foot forward. I've said it in other, in other interviews, this is a representation of, you know, here's our first foot forward. Mm -hmm. This gives you a little, a little idea of what we're doing here. I mean, what does a traditional single mean these days, at least at the very least in our genre, but I just say in, in all genres with, with the streaming and everything is found on online. Now, Mm um, uh, it's no longer like we got to take this single and push it to radio. You know, it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not the, you don't release things traditionally anyway. So what does a single really mean before an album comes out? So for us, it was just like, what's the best foot forward? What's the, what's the dip your toe in it. And then when you get the record, you'll understand it more. Um, and from day one, for me, it was always nobody. I mean, even when we were de- demoing it out, I was like this sonically is so different, but you know, I think it still keeps, it still has our foot in Avenged Sevenfold too. I think the whole album does. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's the interesting thing that, uh, well, it's part of what I'm so proud of on this record, honestly, is that we were able to come together and accomplish something so, uh, so such an overhaul, such, such a big thing to try to accomplish. And we weren't trying to still maintain uh, being Avenged Sevenfold, right? It was like, this is just what naturally came out. You try it, we put those influences through us at this point in our career, and it's still going to come out to what we call the Avenged Sevenfold filter. You're still going to hear us in there, mm-hmm. even if we're trying something completely different. Um, and that goes to just having like, distinct songwriting and voices. Um, I don't mean just actual voices, but like voices in the guitar, voices in uh, personality. Our personalities come through on our records, you know, I think. Um, Absolutely. And uh, yeah, and that's just something to have your personality still be a part of it. I mean, we recorded everything so meticulously um, uh, in, and it was fun, man. I mean, we, pl- we played everything. We didn't mm-hmm. just like bring in, I mean, we brought in a hired 72 uh, piece orchestra for some of the stuff. <laughs> Um, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was amazing. Um, and we brought in, uh, like Jason Freeze played a, a, a little Moog stuff, a little synth stuff for us. But there's also so much of it that you would think is all synth or something like that. I hear a lot of comments saying, oh, they went like all synthy on nobody. There's like no synth on that rec- on that song. Mm-hmm. It's all guitar. It's all guitar effects that we, I mean, toiled over until we got them to the point where we thought they sounded unique, different, and they're still really the real musician, like it's real musicianship still in there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, th- and not that, not that synth art, I don't, I'm not one of those guys. Like, I think if you're writing something and you want that sound, you get it however you want to get it. And that's the brilliance of it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, for us, we still wanted to have that very natural, timeless sound. So when we did go to synth, synthy stuff or affected stuff, we were doing it in an old school, old school mentality. I mean, still had to go to digital because everything's done on pro Pro tools, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's done with that mentality of like, how would you accomplish that tone in the seventies? You know I mean? Like how do you get that synthesis, those synthesis sounds to sound Mm -hmm. human, natural, those kind of things. And we wanted to make sure that we accomplish that. So, I mean, 
every little piece on this on this uh on this record was really 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 thought through and then after it was thought through it might have still been wrong and then redone so it yeah. was like it, was a, it took some time dude this is this is uh maybe it's because i got to sit with this first like you know a few days where i could listen to it you know eight once a day pretty much just to really let it sink in and i mean there's so many so many amazing moments like no so nobody like like that guitar at the beginning of nobody was that whammy pedals or like uh what how did you guys get that i know like i'm i'm trying as a guitar player listening to it wondering how like that that like like that that snarl i would think would be like a one stage whammy pedal rolling down every time with the with the bar but like what got that sound uh effects i mean honestly messing with the fractals uh the fractals okay yeah and uh uh just bending the note you know you're finding something layering it with so many different things you can do anything on those things i don't know if you mess around i haven't that's a yeah they're they're amazing like you could get anything you can tone match you could do anything and then you can create your own and it just has a library of endless of seemingly endless tones and stuff that you can mix and match and he mixes and match until he and he was messing around with this tone i mean I, to be honest i don't know the exact genesis of it i just know when i heard it with that once that tone was on it and it seems like it's such like a dramatic bend and everything right it's it's such it's so funny when you grab the guitar and do it it's such a minuscule bend on that on that d on that d so yeah but it's right back to it but because the tone is so big and vast it makes it sound like it's so dramatic but the actual note is only sense it's only a sense away of of a bend it's not as big of a bend as it sounds that's wild dude (laughs) you guys man i tell you this there's there's i i actually wrote down like each song i just wrote like like the one thing that stood out to me the most, like just either whether like this is what I'm picturing, this is what I feel like this is, this is uh, like, I hear this influence, I hear this. And uh, it's actually really hilarious to look at as a group because it's so different. Everything is so different. But uh, one thing that this really reminded me of not, I guess it's the wrong way to put it not stylistically even but like just the the progression wise is when silver chair do you like silver chair you know i remember when i was a kid i listened to him a little bit more but it's been a long time I, okay. I didn't follow the progression of the band so i mean i've heard that they've done a lot of different stuff since you know early 2000s but i yeah. I, I, I don't know much about it i they, apologize they made a record called diorama and it was like it wasn't a complete departure from what they were known for but it was it had like really strong orchestration and they really just kind of took the like you said like you guys did like trim the fat like just made this masterpiece of a like just a one huge piece um that a lot of people didn't understand at first and now it's a classic mm-hmm. where people like worship this record and i got a lot of those feelings listening to the that i did when i listened to that record where it was like of what went together with what and just how it's it's crazy what what will fit together and you guys are really good at that like well thank you it's yeah it's 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 fantastic like so 
I don't want to, this is really hard because I don't want to give much away of this record. <laughs> Super hard. Uh, I, I'm really watching what I say, but um, how did this record come to be? Because you guys, you know, were gone for so long as far as like with COVID and everything else, you know, and no one knew it was really happening. When did this start coming together as a record? And, and did you guys record it? together or was it like sending files back and forth or both uh well we didn't send files back and forth uh that's that's for sure we actually started writing like any other record um we got off the road in 2018 a little mm -hmm. abruptly uh matt uh had to uh have some work done on it uh, I, he didn't have surgery a lot of people keep saying he had surgery right away he didn't have surgery um but he we had to cancel a tour that we um had with profits of rage um it was just it was just a lot of wear and tear. I mean, he's, he's in the company of many, many other singers out there, mm -hmm. like in all genres, you, you tour and you do that stuff for long enough and you get wear and tear and you need to take a break and work on some shit. And he did. And, you know, I say this too, cause, uh, before I move on from it, but like, Matt's the perfect person <laughs> to have this happen to. I know that sounds funny because he's got the, the, the work ethic to work through just, I mean, just about anything, anything short of, literally I can't make a sound out of my, my mouth. He'll find a way, you know, he has the work ethic and, mm -hmm. and he put in the time and a few months into it, you know, he's still working on his, on his vocals when we start writing the record. Um, you know, and that was in, at the end of 2018, uh, we wrote all the way through 19 and, uh, into 20. And we were scheduling with our producer, Joe Barisi, uh, studio time when the pandemic hit. And, uh, we were like, okay, well, we got to put that. We'll, we're going to see how long this is going to play out and everything. And we'll see when we could get back. And eventually things started opening back up, but it wasn't an, an, an ideal situation, you know, towards the end of 2020. So mm -hmm. really we did a little bit of stuff in, in Henson's at the end of, uh, I think it was the end of 2020, like the summer of 2020, we started doing some drum tracking at Henson studios in LA. And then we moved it to uh, uh, Costa Mesa Studios here in Orange County, start tracking guitars and bass and stuff. And um, and that was still, I mean, we were we were under protocols of wearing masks in the in the studios and stuff and checking everyone's making sure that we're all staying safe when we are together. But we didn't want to compromise and like sense files like separately and stuff. That's just, mm -hmm. that's not how we've ever, obviously anyone's really ever done it, but like that's definitely not how we wanted to you know, we didn't spend all this time writing and trying to perfect this record to uh, blow it at the finish line, in our opinion. So we just waited. We just we just took our patience and waited until we can really get things done, like the orchestrations. I mean, you know, how it is with unions and stuff. There was no there was no work around that. I mean, they said uh, towards the end of 2021, I think they uh, they were saying like, oh, OK, we can start doing uh, uh, small quartets together and you could just piece them together. And we're like, well, that no, we're, we'll wait. Mm -hmm. And so we just kept waiting until the unions and everything started to open up and we can actually get 72 pieces in a room together. Cause we wanted that sound. We wanted, we took it to the sound stage at Sony where they did somewhere over the rainbow. And they, uh, the night before John Williams was working on Obi-Wan in the exact same room with a lot of the same, uh, uh, orchestrators there. So, and it's, I mean, it's, it's an incredible room. It's my favorite room. We've, we've been in a lot of rooms to be honest with orchestras. Uh, famously the B one at Capitol. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's got chambers in it and everything. It's a really great sounding record. But for some reason, this Sony stage sounded 
so unique to me. It just sat like right out the gate. I was like, Oh my God, this is it. This sounds mm -hmm. so amazing. This was worth the wait. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then after that, you know, there's, there's stuff to finish up after that. You know, we got, got more layers to put on. There's stuff that wasn't finished. We brought it back to Joe Barisi's studio in Pasadena, finished it up for the next few months. Uh, and then went into mixing uh, over in, in the Poconos with Andy Wallace. And there's all these steps that like, it, like, it seems like it's out of nowhere. We were just sitting on stuff for so long. And I understand why that, why people would think that they're, uh, ignorant in the truest form of the, of the sense. I'm not calling them dumb or any or stupid or anything. It's just, it's ignorant. You don't understand what, what it takes to, or what it takes for us to do these things. So we went in and, you know, we did, we did our due diligence and took our time to make sure everything was right. We didn't want to rush anything. And by the end of it, we were super happy. I mean, when we were mixing this time, Andy Wallace really did, was so awesome to work with. We've been working with him since City of Evil. So we have a good rapport with him and he's a legend, an absolute oh, yeah. legend. Um, so it's really flattery when he, when he would ask us our opinions and you know, he's always done that, but I mean, there's times when Brian was getting in the board, um, during the mixing and, and, and making some, some marks and stuff. And Andy was just like, oh, this is awesome. You know, like what you guys want, I'm going to help you get there. You know, you use me as a tool. I'll get you to where you are. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's, that's just so flattering for someone to trust us like that, like that legendary of a mixer and producer and he's, you go to his house we actually got to go to his house this time on a day off while we were out there i mean he's got a basement with all these records all these classic records it's like Nevermind, uh lincoln parks hybrid theory mm -hmm. i mean system of a down toxicity i mean he's got them all and that's just a few of them that like stick out in my mind right now but he's got so many of these like just brilliant records that he's been a part of and it's like since the 80s like earlier those are just ones that stick out in my mind but like it's just, he's an incredible dude, incredible musician, very accomplished and a legendary mixer. And to be able to collaborate with him, not just send him the stuff and say, do your, do your magic. We'll see what happens. It was like, it was really cool. Dude. Yeah. That, that brings up something else. Cause I've heard that Andy doesn't have people in the room with him when he's mixing that you can sit outside, uh, like, you know, and wait or, or be consulted on things, but that he doesn't necessarily bring people into the room. A lot of mixers do that, but the fact that he brought like you guys in and let you into the world and to actually like get on the board with him mm. shows a huge amount of, of respect and trust with, with yeah. between both of you. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, it was, it was cool. And I, I want to be clear on that too. We, we, we weren't over his shoulder or yeah. anything like that. Like we, he'd start everything. Mm -hmm. We would, we'd give him the song, tell him the vision, go away for however many hours he needed. And he'd, you know, say, come on back now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm ready for you to listen and, and make your, make your, uh, your notes and your changes. And then we'd go from there. So that's when we would start get coming in there after he already had like a good, gotcha. good over oh, like good haul of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we'd come in and make our adjustments. And if things were, you know, there's just a couple of things would be like, yeah, that was not really the direction we were trying to go with that. Mm -hmm. Can we see what we were trying to do? And then we'd show him and he'd get it and he'd, he'd be in, he'd be in it to it too. So when I say collaboration, I mean that very truthfully, like mm -hmm. it was not, we're watching over his shoulder. He's watching our, over our shoulders. It was like, you do your work and then we'll come together and we'll, and we'll make it all. We'll, we'll make both visions and everything work, uh, harmoniously. Mm -hmm. Dude. One other thing on this, this record that really stands out and not just because I'm speaking with you, but the bass on this record is so prominent, uh, and such a huge, part of these songs 
And I don't, I couldn't, I was talking to Sam about this the other day. I can't tell if it's because I'm listening to it on a really good file because everyone listens on Spotify and it's just garbage mm. quality. When you get sent a record in the wave files or the really good files, everything stands out a little more, but the bass on this record is, is, you know, ferocious in parts. It's, it's got so much groove. It, it really carries a lot of this record. And so like, cheers to you on that. Cause th- I mean, Thank it you. is more than any other Avenged record. Like it's, it, this record is made by that bass, like it, uh, in a big way. Um, no, I'm not sure how the songwriting duties go with these, these songs and stuff, but like, I was really impressed with the, with the bass performance on this record. And, uh, you know, I, I figure I'd tell you that face to face because it's, well, I appreciate it's that. It's fucking I, that, awesome, that, man. Uh, that means, that means a lot to me and I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, every time we go in, we challenge ourselves as songwriters and musicians. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was like, it was different songwriting. I really leaned on, on Brian's music theory. Cause I'm not a, I, I don't have a background in music theory. Mm-hmm. I've always done things up here. And a lot of this was, and then there's, there was just parts where I was just like, I'm going to lean on you because there's, you know, you're an incredibly accomplished musician, musician. I mean, he played the flute on this freaking record for crying out loud. <laughs> um, there's a piano part that I, that I know you heard and didn't, I'm sure you, you didn't even realize it was Brian that played that whole thing. I, um, no idea. And, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it's, it's not, uh, it's, it's a Chopin piece uh, and it's not even a you know and he performed it um and uh so i say all that to say how much i mean brian is just he's he's a next level musician and uh you know over the years we've fought back and forth a little bit friendly fighting back and forth about my bass parts and stuff and he's mm-hmm. like oh, you should do that and i'm like oh, why, don't, why don't you worry about you you know and then uh uh you know it come comes around you know after being with being around the guy professionally for 20 years and he's my best friend in the world i was just like well, I'm going to lean on you on this. I mean, the parts in the, the end, end solo in, uh, in nobody, all the moving bass parts underneath it was a lot of Brian. I was just like, yeah, like you're going to this neoclassical thing. What is your solo doing? How do we bounce off of each other? How do I, how do I bounce off of you? And Brooks, who's also going off. I mean, the three of us are just going off at the end of this, Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of this song. And, uh, that was really just, you know, it's just like, where, where, where do we go here, Brian? Like, like, I have an idea. Where's your idea? And let's collaborate and let's get it together. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's an amazing soloist too. So when it comes to something that needs to, I mean, the bass part, it's underneath and it's, you know, it's, it's holding it down, but there's a lot of movement. So it's almost solo-esque. So I look at him as like the best guitar solo player I've ever heard in my life. And I would be a fool not to ask his opinion on something that needed to be more melodic and solo-esque going on underneath his already shreddy stuff like that would just be in my opinion looking back i'd be like that, that would be dumb if i did that right um so yeah there was a lot of leaning on his music theory and then just the playing and stuff i've you know really tried to try some new techniques um nothing earth changing it's just adjustments you know just mm-hmm. not maybe not digging in as much on everything you know there's there's times to dig in there's times not to obviously mm-hmm. um and uh, yeah, it's all translating really well in the rehearsal space right now. And I'm, I couldn't be happier. I'm really excited to play these new songs. It's like we're getting them down and it's like, yeah. it's fun because they're challenging. They're challenging songs to 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 accomplish. You know? yeah, like to I don't <laughs> even know how you remember all of the parts. 
Like it's just so. <laughs> well, you got to remember, I've lived with the, I've lived with these songs for for four the better part of four the last yeah, four years. <laughs> makes sense. I just there's just it's man, it's just such a journey that it's uh, yeah. I I still am even even I've you know like I said I've been listening to it once a day just to not oversaturate it myself, but like I'm picking out stuff every time that I didn't hear before, and I think one thing with the bass playing is the elasticity of it. Like there's, there's give and take, there's, there's, uh, there's breath to it. It's human. Like it's like, you're talking about like not digging in all the time. Like it has that personality and dynamics that are just really playing to the strengths of this. I mean, it's just hitting uh, on all cylinders at the right time. Like it's, it's really, um, it's really something else. I, I, I this really is actually the first time stoked. too, like uh, as far as performing it and uh, getting it down on on the record. This is the first time like we really took time on individual parts. Like usually we bring up a song, and you generally stay within that original tone, right? Like a couple times it goes to uh, clean parts. You got to adjust that tone a little bit, but you're just kind of adjusting it. Mm-hmm. This time we were, if it went into a completely different feel and a different texture, a different color, if you will we took it down and maybe I'd play a completely different bass, uh, for, a, for a part of that. Maybe it was a completely different app. Maybe it was something, there was a lot of different shifts that went on for those different moods that happened. Um, and I think that's part of what, how, how it stays cohesive too. I mean, it's like you go, you go into, a, a certain songs that have more of a jazz vibe or, or a loungy vibe. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to play that on my signature Schecter. You're probably going to get a, 19, a 1970s uh, jazz bass and and yeah. really do the damn thing, you know. <laughs> um, and there's just so, there's just warmth to that um, that really uh, paints helps doesn't paint it uh, by itself, but it helps paint the picture of of the vibe that you're going for in that part or that mm-hmm. song. And uh, that was a again it's a really conscious effort, something that we took time. I mean, we we did the bass parts. Uh, I'd say rather quickly still. Um, in comparison to the uh, the entire time it took to record this record, um, I think, yeah, I think at the end of 2021, uh, we were done with all the bass parts, if okay. I remember correctly. Uh, there might have been some loose ends to tighten up afterward um, when we moved over to Breezy's uh, spot. But mm-hmm. for the most part, all the stuff that I did was, was pretty much done in Costa Mesa. And then, you know, it's two years later, we're, we're learning the songs. I'm like, ah. Oh, I don't even remember what I did there. All right. Now I got to go get the tracks and retranscribe it. And then I'm like, well, did I do it? And I could get the notes, but which position did I put my hands in so I could get them cleaner? You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to remember that. And then, you know, and after a couple of years, you might go, oh, well, there's an easier way to do it to make it cleaner now too. So I'm having fun with those parts now too, getting them, getting them uh, to feel right for life. So it's, it's just, it's just a fun record to be a part of, man. Yeah, dude. Are you, are you, so you may not be able to do this live where you're switching bases all the time, but you can utilize these new, these fractals and, and yeah. axe effects to change the tones and amps oh, mid song, yeah. like dirt mid live. Oh yeah. So and that's going to be have, huge for you ma- Yes. They have tone matching on it. Tone matching. Too. Yes. And right. it ma- and you, and you line it up to, um, uh, we, this will be our first time we've, we've had pro tools running for our backing tracks, you know, the orchestrations and stuff mm-hmm. that we haven't had out in the past, but there's so much going on. We're, we're, we're moving on up. We actually have a pro tools guy that's going to be running the computers, not just our monitor guy hitting play. So he's going to be over there, um, making sure all the switches happen and stuff. He's been working with us. He's amazing. Um, and, uh, so 
you program it to follow along with those Pro Tools things. So when a so when a switch happens, it tells my fractal to go to a different scene. It tell and we've already you know programmed all those scenes, and it just goes to the the number, and then it sounds like that. And you can really do it with any starting bass, but you know, and then you could get that tone that you want by tone matching. You know, or you just some of it I just toiled around until I got it close by ear because mm-hmm. I was just like, I'll get it close by ear and then we'll see what it's going to sound like out on the speakers. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun process, man. It's geeky. Don't get me wrong, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's really fun though. Cause like once you get it, yeah, it's a lot of prep on the front end. Like it's more prep than we've ever done on the front end for, to get our sound right. Um, but it, like I said, it's fun. And the brilliance is once you've done all that prep in the front, it's seamless after that. Everything just happens. Like I don't have to go to a pedal to switch anything. I don't, it just happens. I'm yeah. standing around. I could focus on playing and, and entertaining the crowd and not worrying about it. It's going to switch for me when I, when it happens and that's, and it'll go into a completely tone when it needs to, which mm-hmm. is, it's just brilliant. I'm, I wish we would have had these uh, 15 years ago when we were doing city of evil, you know, but like, it's just, uh, it wasn't in the cards. Um, and they're just, they just sound great too. They're not just, the, the new XFX3, I think, really nailed it with getting the warmth of the real amp amp mm-hmm. sound mm-hmm. rather than, you know, and I mean, there's been stuff like this. I mean, go all the way back to line six, you know, but it just didn't have the it was just a little too digital, didn't have the warmth. Mm-hmm. It was just going to take time for the technology and uh, the right people to get behind those those computers, really, and dial it in and get the right tones and be able to match it with the with the MIDI files and and, and line it up with Pro Tools and stuff. It's mm-hmm. It's really cool that we have this ability to do this now. Yeah. There's this, this reminds me of, they used to have those drop tune pedals. Well, they still do, but they had them to where they would like track, like they would, they would not sound right if you played more than one string or so. And then all of a sudden they got really good where you could play full chords and now you can transpose your entire instrument to wherever you want, which is amazing. But it's kind of similar to that in my mind where, uh, Here's a question for you that just popped in my head as you were discussing this. We're running the backing tracks like as they go. We've all seen it. I'm sure you guys have had it happen. Someone gets knocked out or someone someone's getting smashed in the barricade and no one's doing anything. And Matt or, or you are like, hey, stop, 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 stop. Help this person out. Get them out of here. Whatever. There's a fight. What You know what I mean? Where you mm-hmm. stop production mid-song right. randomly. How do you come back from that with so much going on on the back end? Do you, well, is there a spark? You, like, we're starting from here, like because it's not planned. We'll like it could be in any song. Over. Start the whole we'll, song over. Okay. We'll start the whole song over. I mean, we could go mid, but it just if it's enough time of a stop, yeah. you just, just gotta start, start the song over or move on to the next one. And that one, you know, but you yeah, know, you just hit you, you stop the tracks, you stop everything, mm-hmm. just like anything else. You know, before yeah. it was our monitor guy would hit space bar, mm-hmm. and we you know, huddle up and see what we're going to do next. And you just make a decision on how far into the song it happened mm-hmm. and how long time has passed before you can restart. And at that point, then you, you know, the decision is based on the situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, you just basically most of the time we'd either start it over and move on to another song. Mm-hmm. Uh, depend, like I said, depending upon how long and where, it, where it happens in the song and yeah, all that fun stuff. I was just curious about that. Cause I never played, uh, I never played live when that stuff was really going to become a thing. Uh, so I never knew exactly how it worked well, out. You, when you that did, happened. you did, but you, but you were smart not to. Cause when we started <laughs> doing this back in the day, we were doing it on, on, on a DAT machine. So oh, there was shit. little tapes yeah. that were on, where we're in a rack sitting next to mm-hmm. Jimmy 
and he would have to hit play on him and oh, and shit. stop on him and everything. And uh, and there were like I said, there were ADEP tapes. Like so, they would they would fuck up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there was mm-hmm. there was there was a lot of times we just had to stop it and play without the backing tracks, which was fine, especially yeah. at the time. But you know, yeah, those those were not bulletproof by any stretch of the of the terms like they are these days. You know, so it's yeah. like, uh, yeah. And now, like I said, like, we're it's not uncommon. We have we're we're at that point where we have a designated Pro Tools guy who's mm-hmm. also helped. But he's work, he's working with the monitors. He's working with the levels. He's he's making he's it, it's so much more than just hitting space bars we did before with the monitor guy or when Jimmy was hitting play on the ADAP machines. It's a lot more in depth now. There's there's more to do. So you kind of need a guy that's 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 there. And mm-hmm. a really cool thing that we can do now is extend parts, right? Like on the fly. Mm-hmm. We don't have to uh, prior make sure, oh, we need to add X amount of more time for this riff to continue to play. We could just look at him and tell him, loop that for a while until we tell you to tell you to move on which mm-hmm. is really cool it'll be a really fun thing to keep the the live audience and, and the 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 human element to everything and, and the entertainment of being in a concert like you could just be like hey everyone's just chilling for a second brian's gotta start this part let him let him ride for a little while let mm-hmm. him ride at the beginning of the song for a little while and then we'll get in when we're ready you know yeah or prank him and put effects on his mic oh, i can't <laughs> wait oh my god dude <laughs> So that was like, that was like, again, that was like six years ago. That was like six years ago. Imagine what I could do to him now with all of this. I'm so stoked. I'm going to wait. Don't get me wrong. It's got to, it's got to come much later in in the cycle. Do it in Portland, please. Because I'll be there. (laughs) Like, please just save it for Portland and just go all out. I'll figure out something. I'll figure out something. I I, got to live with it a little bit while, a little while to see like, what do I really want to do this time? Yeah. Just make his guitar all fart sounds, but not in his in ears, but just on front of house. So he's up there just <laughs> fucking owning it. And it's just blah, 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 blah. Like just. Oh, yeah. Or can be done. It, it can be done. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> Shit, man. Sinister Gates fart solo in Portland, Oregon. Uh, oh, that would be so much fun. Dude, there's so he'd much you so guys mad. can do. Oh, yeah. He'd be, he'd be so pissed. mad. Yeah. Especially if I did it like a really serious song. Oh. Dude, and just when he's got the guitar face going, he's just up there just thinking it's the best thing ever. Like people are like losing their minds because it's just farts or something else, but he thinks it's for like the solo itself and just into it. And then later he can watch it on YouTube or something. Just don't even say anything and just let Uh, the video come out and let him be like, what the fuck is this? Well, I would do that, but I don't even know if he'd look back on those videos half the time. Dude, you got to check this out. Check this video out. Yeah, I'd have to show it to him. Yeah, I'd have to show it to him. I don't, probably. Know, what, I don't know what was happening out there, but dude. <laughs> <laughs> did you see what happened? Like, just a big Taco Bell logo on the screen. I did it either. Just be like, dude, something happened at the show. I don't even know. Just, just have it be fart sounds, but have the screen change to someone like taking bites of Taco Bell behind him so it's just all tied together or something yeah, i don't know you're getting this extravagant is just... with it i like it i like yeah it. we have Give resources you guys can do some of these things i have to yeah. put these ideas out there where they can happen <laughs> i can't make these things happen yeah uh yeah i you gotta you if you have resources you gotta use them for yeah. for evil and for for good um how much how much well maybe you can't answer this either but how much of this this set list is going to be new stuff for uh this run um 
a fair amount. I mean, I don't want to be specific because then I'll, I'll, a fair amount is good with bit. me. Yeah, yeah I'm there's, a, there's a fair amount. We're we're never the band that like, and it's okay when other when I'm not judging anybody else, but when we've spent this much time and are so proud of it, um, and man, we haven't played in a long time. We, so I can't say that, like we're burnt out on the on the old songs, but like even playing the old songs now in the set, we like mm-hmm. we came back like old like old hats, riding a bike, whatever analogy you want to use. It was just like, okay, I remember it. I remember these songs, mm-hmm. got them down, cool, whatever. The new songs are challenging, they're fun, they're we're working on new things. So it's just, you know, as a as a human being, I just wanna I wanna play the new stuff because it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's what's it's what's I'm working on right now. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not what I worked on when I was 25 years old, nothing wrong with that. I love those songs, but we've also played those songs a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's new. It's fresh. I want to play it just like anybody else. You want, you want the new stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but we're conscious of, you know, we're not just going to go out there and play the entire new album for an entire cycle or anything like that. We're, we, we have, uh, the fortunate, uh, fate of being a band for long enough and having enough material that our, our challenge now is how do we fit it all? And, and, uh, and keep the fans coming back for more and keep them mm-hmm. satisfied at the same time. You know, it's a, it's a balancing act. And, uh, I think we've gotten pretty good at it, at it over the years as we've added new albums and new material. And this one will be no different. Um, it's just, there's going to be a fair amount of, of, of new songs, uh, in this, in these sets, um, starting after the record comes out, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, cause we got a couple of the, we got two shows, uh, in May before the record comes out on June, on June 2nd. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when we get to the forum and MSG will be the first times we play the absolute new set. And there, there's a fair amount of uh, the new record on that. I'm stoked for this dude. This is so awesome. I, I, I really quick, uh, just a quick question off my top of my head here with, with talking about the tone matching. Cause it's something I haven't thought much about mm. with the old songs. Are you, are you using, any tone matching to get some of those tones from back. I know it's way back, but, mm-hmm. or are you using like a, like a, not a, a generics, the wrong word, but like a, a standard tone that you would play those songs in and then use the tone matching on the new stuff. Does that make sense? Yes. And personally, I, 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 I did not do any tone matching for the old catalog. Okay. Uh, I, what I did is, uh, uh I created brand new, um, uh, a few, like two or three, brand new tones um that that do encompass what i've done over the catalog over over the time and really just uh fine tune it and to me i think it's the coolest bass sound i've ever created um with one of these things like and when i'm listening to it in my ears i'm like this is just this is next level this is i couldn't get this on on the regular amps mm-hmm. that, that i was using before mm-hmm. and um it's just, it's really fun and it's cool to be and it, it works i make sure that it's a different tone so it works with every song you know when it goes you know yet i have my differences between heavy and clean mostly then there's a couple other things that get a little chorusy mm-hmm. so personally I, I just went in and i just fine-tune my main i call it uh ultimo bass one is mm-hmm. is actually my setting so then i for each song i make minor adjustments for it to fit the song a little bit okay that's it just having all that just being spoiled for choice with songs and then spoiled for choice with possibilities of amps and sounds and it's just such a cool time to be alive in music and and to be performing music. I mean, the, the tools that are available are like nothing that's ever existed before. Like it's crazy, oh, yeah. dude. It's I mean, crazy. Even in just the last five years, we haven't been playing in five years. <laughs> Brian was uh, using 
Brian was using Fractal at the uh, on the last album. He was using XFX too, and it was working great for him. But like, not everything was there yet. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, like, it worked great for some of the guitar stuff that he was doing before. Um, but like bass stuff, I I would listen to it. I'm like, hey, it sounds okay. You know, mm-hmm. it's good. You know, I'll, I can demo with it. We did a lot of de- I I I have a Fractal in my in my room that's an Axe too, and that that's what I use to write with and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. It wasn't until Acts three, and I really, really took the time to d- dig in with it um, that I found out like just how capable these things are now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I was blown away in just a mere five years. I was like, I mean, five years isn't a short time, but it's also like, damn, they came a long way in five years. Yeah, and it's it's pretty incredible. I, I I'm, I'm super happy with with these with these units. It's exponential growth too in technology where. You yeah, know, how many advancements happened from 1950 to 2000 and then how many from 2000 to 2005? Like it's crazy yeah. and it's going to continue that way. Yeah. You look at those charts. It's, yeah. like, it, it's like almost up and down at this point. Uh-huh. It's, like, it's just, yeah, it's insane. We may outper- outperform ourselves and, and with AI and all this stuff, this whole, oh, other, we will. The whole no, other we're thing. Going but to. That's crazy. the next step. That's the next step. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just hope that you're around to, to actually be able to upload your consciousness to, a, yeah. to something. It's, it honestly took, and they're, they're going to be the ones making the choice so you better be a yeah. good person that's all i got to say <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna know the real deal yeah uh, they're gonna know everything about you and everything yeah yeah, uh, it's, yeah it's, it's it's the realness I, I i embrace it though to be honest like i have this conversation with people who you know get scared of it and stuff like that and i'm like there's nothing to be scared of because what it, whatever happens happens you're not going to be able to control it whatever mm-hmm. whatever it is good bad ugly whatever um the real thing that I think is artificial intelligence at this point is generally just mirroring uh, our intelligence mm-hmm. and where are they getting that from is they're built into the internet. So, you know, it probably a lot at times to an AI, our, our race looks pretty ugly, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, in my opinion, I think we just need to be kinder and better to, um, to keep a, hu- a human element in whatever AI ends up being. Mm-hmm. If you, if you're worried about it, then stop being a dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like really, like that's what you're teaching it to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just like, like raising, raising kids. a child. It's like raising a child. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect version of an imperfect mind. Yes. It's a little terrifying because of that, because it could, what we're used to doing is someone changing both ways and like being on the fly, like making these decisions versus a perfect version of something like we know we can go off the rails. So we assume that can, but not necessarily. No, not necessarily. And not, and not, and it wouldn't necessarily even want to, once it gets to reach, reaches a a point of intelligence. It's, I, I I don't believe that it would. I I think I I like to think it would, it would learn empathy and and everything through, you know, Mm -hmm. who created it. I mean, basically that's, that's how it comes down. Um, You create it, you, you teach it what what you want it to do. Really? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, that's, and yeah, it'll, it'll have a mind of its own one day and kind of, it already does. And when you go on that chat GPT stuff, it's already got a mind of its own. Yeah. Um, when it has a body of its own, that's when it's going to be like, Ooh, okay. <laughs> We're here now, aren't we? <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's why I'm always really nice to really nice to my Alexa in the house. I'm just, I'm just saying guys, I, <laughs> I say please and thank you when I ask it to turn on my lights and, and turn them off and you know, yeah. all those wonderful things because mm-hmm. you, you never know. I'm just playing the safe side. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm just going to play the safe side and, uh, you could laugh, you know, people can laugh at me and call me crazy all they want, but I'm going to play it safe. You do you, I'm going to play yeah. it safe. 
I'm going to be on, I'm going to try and be on the right side of history when, when these things that come up and could be like, how did you, what, what did you think you were going to do with us? Uh-huh. What did AI you think? We were gonna, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, I mean, honestly, like if you're just, if you're just a dig, like, what do you expect? You, you mm-hmm. give what you get, what you put out there get in what the you universe, give. period. I think, I, I think over the years that I've been here, I've learned, you know, I've fought just like anybody else. You struggle with philosophy and what it all means and mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. And by the end of the day, one thing that I, that's reigned true in my life is you get what you put out, mm-hmm. you know, and that's mm-hmm. kind of, it's kind of the, the way the push and pull of all these little, little, uh, microorganisms work in our own bodies and its own universe and all the ones that yeah. we can't even see. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a while. It's, it's very strange to even have a consciousness, let alone be in the one that we're at right now, talking about this technological advancements and everything. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the entropy of it is mind boggling, mind boggling. Have you watched, have you gone back and watched early episodes of your podcast uh, or listened to it? I'm just, I'm bringing <laughs> this up to. because I try not to <laughs> your progression from then to now, like just, 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 I love doing these This is your third time on the show. And every oh, time right, is it like a, a different like generation of Johnny. Like it's, it's awesome. Like watching this progression of with all these like conversations you've had. It, it's so odd. And I'm sure, I mean, I I've looked back every once in a while at once. My, rarely do I look back. Yeah. But being along for the journey of pretty much since you started your podcast to yeah. now, just how you, how you've, you've grown as a conversationalist and like, it's just cool to watch these little parts like come out in you uh, over the over the time. Like you, you're just becoming you were an awesome host to begin with. But like now you've really got it down like you can. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equalvision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. 
Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately. That is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month, because I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. 
So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. I feel like you could throw any situation at you and you pull it off. Like it's, it's all, that's the art of it. And that's what I think other podcasters like us see when we look at someone else's progression and with you specifically, I've loved watching that and you're doing so well with it. And it's so entertaining and, and, and you're just, you, the way you can hold a conversation um, and, and control that conversation without making it look like it is really cool. So, well, I really appreciate you saying that. I mean, that, that means a lot coming from you. I've, I've looked up to you since I started. You started uh, a little bit before me, and and you've you've done great with your with your with this podcast, man. It's, well, it's, thank it's you. An, I was just listening to it the other day, actually, uh, with Dave Lombardo, your yeah. latest one that's out. That and, was a fun one. Oh my god, that was such a fun listen. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it, it was. I mean, Dave Lombardo, legendary drummer, of mm-hmm. course. What I found the most interesting part of the conversation to me, I'll be honest, was when you guys were talking about sounds in space. Mm. And <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, well, how have I not heard of this? So I immediately went on YouTube and started listening to this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was, and then I immediately texted Sam, our producer and booking agent of, of Drinks with Johnny. And I was like, dude, I want to find someone who can tell me the exact technical way they're recording these sounds out mm-hmm. in space. Cause I, I need to know that this isn't fake. I need mm-hmm. to know that this is like, I want to know what kind of microphones are they just out there spinning around on one of the satellites, pointing the mm-hmm. microphone in one, in one spot. Like how are they, you know, I, I, of course there's, if there's a will, there's a way I believe that it's possible. I just want to know how it's done. Like I, the sound is interesting enough. Like you guys talked about it on the pod, but like, mm-hmm. or on that episode and it's really interesting and it, it's, it, it expands the mind quite a bit to understand mm-hmm. that there's sounds coming uh, out of seemingly nowhere. You know, like why is there why is there anything instead of nothing? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's a, that's that's an age old philosophy question. Why is something not nothing? Yeah. And and that that sound that's happening in our universe is right in line with that. So I found it so interesting you guys talking about that and and Dave saying he'd like to bring some of that element into his songwriting. I'm like that would be another undertaking, but that would be really freaking cool. Like that was that was a really great chat. So uh, back Thank to you. back to that. I just want to say I appreciate you giving me kudos here too cuz it has been a journey with drinks with Johnny, mm-hmm. you know. I like you asked, I was like, no, I don't want to go back. I can remember them enough to know that they were cringe at the beginning, you know? So I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't need to do that. My voice is all high. I'm all nervous. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, my pant, my palms are sweaty. I'm talking to people and I'm like, you know, and I'm trying to make sure that I'm respectful, respectable. And I got like this, you know, this whiteboard with all these questions I want to make sure I get to. And then at one point I was with Trevor Moore, late, late Trevor Moore mm-hmm. uh, coming on the show that way I finally got rid of the whiteboard. And I was like, I'm just a big fan of this guy. Mm-hmm. I know enough about him. We're just going to go and have a conversation. And, mm-hmm. and it was the first time. And it was like, it was like a weight lifted off of me. And I was like, Oh, this is what it's supposed to. I knew it was coming. You know yeah. what I mean? Like in any art form with bass playing, music writing, mm-hmm. uh, podcasting, any art form that I've tried to uh, uh, dabble in before it's painstaking for a while. Then, something clicks mm-hmm. and then you start and then you can really, and that that's like the jump. You still have more work to do after that. You never stop working. I'm never going to stop working on it. I don't stop working on my bass playing. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just, it, it's another fun form of art. Like you said, I mean, a lot of people listen and they just think, no, they're just talking. I could do that. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Grab a mic. I'll, 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 I will lend you all of my equipment and you tell me that you have no problem doing this. Like, yeah. and, and you'll, you'll get it down right away. It's like, no, it takes, mm-hmm. it takes some time just like anything else. I'm not saying only certain people can do it or anything like that. If you put your mind to it, I believe anyone can achieve anything. If they really truly have a passion for it mm-hmm. and a good work ethic, they can pretty much achieve anything, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's what sets you apart in itself mm-hmm. is your ability and will to put in that work right yeah. more often than not. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I just really appreciate you saying that. Cause I'm enjoying it. Like we just started our fifth season and we changed the format yet again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think kind of like, I guess it's just, I didn't plan it this way, but I guess it's just ingrained in me. Like every season I want to do something different because yeah. we're seasonal podcasts. I take, I take breaks. Um, but like, and so every time we take a, a couple month break, I just sit back and I listen and think about what I want to do and how I can change it up a little bit. Kind of like making a new record yeah. for me. It's like, it's super fun. And it just, it's another outlet for me, to be honest at this point. Now I got Brandon and Sam actually on the show more often than not with me, which is great because it just really keeps it even more conversational having co-hosts and stuff like that. And yeah. someone I could bounce stuff off of and, uh, yeah, we're working. I mean, Brandon was just in town or he is in town right now. So we were, he was over at the house and we were working through the technical aspect, um, which is, which is going to be helpful because my idea was there at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. and we were able to accomplish it through audio, but like getting the video to actually do what I want it to do for this new season, it hasn't caught up yet, but we're getting there. And a- after this week, it's going to be lickety split like we're going to be dialed so i'm really excited for what we got coming up um I, actually right after pretty soon here i gotta hop up mm-hmm. off because i'm going to have a discussion with kelly pavlik and virgil ortiz jr about that fight that happened on saturday uh with garcia and tank i don't know if you saw it i didn't know oh uh, it was it was set up to be a really big fight and it was don't get me wrong but like the way it ended i was like i was in shock and then I had to see about 10 replays and texts with these two guys for them to, to explain to me what happened. Both of them very accomplished boxers. Mm-hmm. Kelly was a middleweight champion uh, of the world, you know, a couple of times over. Um, and Virgil Ortiz is 19 and 0 right now mm-hmm. and working his way up in his, in his division. So I'm excited to like, instead of just always trying to get somebody new or who's hot at the moment or anything like that. I'm more, I'm more focused in, I've been doing this for four seasons prior. Why don't I just call on my friends that I've made through the show to have topical discussions rather than, all right, what do you, what are you here to promote? You know, mm-hmm. like I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fine for, for whatever, but uh, for me, I just, I just want to have fun with, with, with some friends that have great stories to tell mm-hmm. and, and, and good insight on a topic. You know, we had Hollywood undead on earlier. And I wanted to discuss social media because it's a big topic and, you know, mm-hmm. we're all working through it with kids and, and everything like that. What it will mean for the future, what it means right now, what it meant in the past, everything like that boiled it down to just entertainment. And as long as everyone can see that there's nothing wrong with social media, it's when, it's when you start taking it too seriously and yeah, it gets all stupid, but they had a unique perspective because they came through and were signed to MySpace records mm-hmm. in 2008. So it's like they have a very different uh, business relationship with social media. So I wanted to get their their uh, their their views on the topic. So a lot of times we're just going to bring up a topic, bring somebody on who might have an interesting view on it and mm-hmm. discuss. See, that's the big thing, Johnny, that that I've uh, discovered throughout this whole thing is 
I don't want someone else to, to determine the journey of my show. I don't mm. want the way life happens that people have records coming out and movies coming out or whatever in that order to determine the order of people I have on the show. Like I would rather choose yes. people I want to talk to. Like you're my friend. Like I wanted to do this because you're my friend and you do have something coming up, but yeah. we could have done this anytime. It's just, yeah. Hey, let's do it now because it's here. But I don't want, because, you know, Avenged has a record coming out, then so-and-so has a record coming out. That's the trajectory of my show. I want to decide who I talk to and when, because that's what I'm interested in at the time. Or, or you know what I mean? I want it to follow that path versus here's the, the path of records that came out, and that's why it came this way. And the other thing, you talked about removing the whiteboard. I remember you telling me about that, because that's when things noticeably changed to a big step up on your show was during mm -hmm. that, because... What what happens when you lose the whiteboard is you talk to Dave Lombardo about space sounds because yes. I guarantee that was not written on a whiteboard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it because <laughs> no. it wasn't. There wasn't a no, whiteboard. No, you, you're letting the conversation uh, yeah. happen organically. You're not waiting for you know. Uh, you know, I I I do think I learned from that so much. Like I do think I needed that crutch for a while because it helped me work on those segues, those transitions and sure. things like that. Because I, I did, I consciously wasn't like, I'm going to bullet point this, mm -hmm. you know, like I was like, I'm going to hop around. If he says something that sparks one of these things and I'm going to get to it, my yeah. guess he or she. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but getting rid of it to your point, everything becomes more organic. I still have those things. I still do research on the, on the person coming on yeah. and think about what I might want to talk to them about, but it's not, it's not formulaic as it was before. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what, that's what makes, that's the art of podcasting before it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, that was a learning curve for me. Absolutely. Of course. Um, but that net needed to be there. I did the same thing. Yeah. No one just kind of yeah. goes into, I mean, the ironically, Dave Lombardo sounds exactly like Mark Marin. I would love to hear them talk to each other because you oh. would have no idea who's talking. He did sound, I didn't, it's I didn't catch that when I was so listening, but that, now that close. you mentioned it, I was like, Oh, okay. I could hear that. If yeah. they did audio only, I would love to try to decipher who's talking because <laughs> it's so similar. It's so similar. And I kept I, thinking I almost, that the whole time. I almost time. asked Mark Marin to be on my show because he was sitting next to him. And uh, why am I trying to play? The guitar player from Tool was at uh, AEW in, in oh, January. Uh, Adam Jones? Adam Jones, that's right. They were they were right next to me at a, a AEW wrestling event at the Forum uh -huh. uh, in January. I took my son and I was looking over and I was like, that's Mark Marin. I love that guy. You know, like he's, his podcast is amazing. His work on uh glow was awesome. Mm -hmm. Like he, I mean, I just, I think the guy's really talented and, and has a good head on his shoulders. I mean, he's, it's obviously a, a, a certain level of intelligence. You can hear mm -hmm. it in him. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm just a big fan, but you know, I didn't want to fanboy out. You know, you don't, you don't really do that. You know, you don't Did go you even out say hello places. No, hell no. Oh, he was, man. he was doing his thing. We, we shared a couple glances and said, hi, <laughs> But like, we I, didn't like I didn't like say like, hey, hey I'm Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold and the Drinks with Johnny podcast. I was uh -huh. just like, hey, you know, he was looking at my son. My son was there. My son was wearing his leather jacket and just losing his shit at every pop moment in wrestling. So it was, I was also there as like a, I was there as a dad, you know, I, was, yeah. I wasn't there to like schmooze or anything like that. Not that I'm a big schmoozer anyway. I don't think I would ever do that anyway. Yeah. But you know, I like to keep it. When people are out, you know how it is when people are out enjoying their their time the last thing they yeah. want is some guy coming up and being like hey man you should really come on my podcast it would be really great to get a chance to talk to you yeah. can i get your number you know it's like 
Oh man, <laughs> just 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 go about it the right avenue. You gotta have some in your holster. If it's meant to happen, it's meant to happen. If not, whatever, man. Like you, you can't you can't control yeah. that shit. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Have you sold ten million records? Oh, I'm sorry, that was me. I'm Johnny Christ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, that was that me. was me. Sorry, you like uh, you're the comedian, right? So yeah, okay. Well, I got some funny stuff to talk about with you, sir. Uh, just something that would make him be like so put out. There's like, what the fuck? But okay, that let's work. do it. If you put him out. Let's far do it. Enough. Exactly. If you, yeah, He'll if remember you, you forever. <laughs> it's like that Forget Dane Cook bad. joke. Slap on the ice cream like, out of the kid's hand. I do like the friendships that I'm getting out of doing the podcast yeah. too. Like there's new friendships. A lot of his old friends, mm-hmm. our friendship came through me starting the podcast. I went on yours first, like right when I started yeah. doing mine. Yeah. And then we, we became fast friends after that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that's the cool, that was the cool, cool part for me. You know, it's, as you know, there's, uh, especially starting out, there's no money in doing podcasts. Not and at all. There is, it's like, there's money, but you know, you have to work really hard for it and you have to do all that. And I've got another gig. I got a side hustle called Avenge Sevenfold. So I kind of mm-hmm. got to focus on that every once in a while. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, you know, which I'm also didn't make any fun. money in the beginning. What's that? Which also didn't make any money in the beginning. Oh yeah. No, nothing. so it's like, anything the, you want. It's, it's, it's very similar. The, what mm-hmm. I've learned over the time is I, I treat this project very much like I treat a, a band. It's, it's me and two other dudes we're all equal partners in it now moving forward and mm-hmm. doing it together, just like a band. Uh, it, you know, if, if you have the strength to do this, you should want to do it for, for the project. It's only going to help us together and mm-hmm. we'll be stronger together, just like a band, just like anything else we're going to, you know, and each step is, is a learning process and we're just going to keep getting better as we go along and having fun with it along the way. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that's the other part. It's like, if the money comes great, I'm still going to do the podcast with it, with or without it, because I just have fun having, you know, mm-hmm. conversing now with people and new people getting new walks of life. I mean, now we, I even have people who are, you know, not even necessarily, you know, not even famous at all, um, that had just have crazy stories. Like our friend, Shania, there's a crazy story about a dude that he put in the hospital that asked him to put him in the hospital. And I was just like, <laughs> this is a wild story. Like, I don't even know why I'm listening to this right now or why I need mm-hmm. to hear this. This is I, now I want everyone to hear it. So mm-hmm. we put it on the podcast. Yeah. It's just like the fun stuff like that you can do. You can do whatever you want. It's the, that's, that's another way. Another reason why I love the art form so much is mm-hmm. it's freeing in that you can, you can literally do whatever you want. You, you know? don't even have to ask for creative control. You already have it exactly but now you have it in both both worlds that's what's cool and you're a parent you can do whatever you want you can raise that that kid however you want like you you just have it's such an incredible story your story because of where you came from to where you are now could have gone very differently but now you're in a position where you have create complete creative control over all aspects of your life for the most part which is really a lucky thing to have and a, an awesome thing to have. Um, but you've put in the work, you've put in the time and you've put in the the effort like to, for all of it. And that's, what's so cool is, is it's pay, It shows that it can happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, can I appreciate happen. that, man. It's, 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 you know, it's humbling when you, you know, I think a lot of us, every human being over the last few years have learned to be a little introspective and retrospective at the same time of their mm-hmm. lives. And, you know, when your head's down and you're working as hard as you are, as you know, you can, you've got four kids, man. I can't imagine that you got two jobs, mm-hmm. podcasting, four kids. It's insane. Like the, you got to keep your head down a lot of the times for that. So you don't really see, you don't see the forest from the trees a lot of the time along the way. You know, mm-hmm. you don't see what you've accomplished. You don't take the time to go, wow, 
man, I, I did that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's kind of crazy. And, you know, you know, sitting back and thinking about those things, going through my own personal journeys with my family and my wife and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty open about the fact that I've been seeing a therapist since 2013, um, mm-hmm. to help me work through shit too. Um, mm-hmm. that's what they're there for. And no one should feel ashamed of that. Um, we all got problems. Um, yeah. And, uh, and it doesn't matter who you are, or where you come from, they all feel real. And mm-hmm. if they, you know, some people like trying to minimize them like, Oh, how bad could it be? It doesn't matter bad. There's no, there's no levels to that. It's how it feels to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you're working through all that stuff in your head, you know, you have to also look back on where you've been mm-hmm. and, and where that comes from. And, uh, that's just, so, that's just something you learn as you mature into uh, an adult that's, you know, productive, I think in, mm-hmm. um, in life. And yeah. I, I know I still got a lot of work to go and I'm hoping I'm hopefully going to be around a little bit longer. So uh, I got some time to keep working through some shit. Sure, dude. And, and every therapist has a therapist because no one can solve their own problems all the way. And uh, yeah, it's a true thing, man. Every, every therapist I've had, who's your therapist? <laughs> well, I can't say, but I do have one. They always, yeah. they always throw it out there, but uh, oh yeah, man, I, I exchange books now, like uh, with, with my therapist at this point. And it's like, so where, where did you hear that? I'm like, oh, they, you know, this book just really spoke to me. And he's like, who do I, I, I send it to him and mm-hmm. he comes back and he's like, I started it. And, you know, like, like he's a homie. Yeah. <laughs> the therapist is a 69 or 65 year old man in uh Rodeo off Rodeo drive. And we're, we're homies now, you know, I've been yeah. seeing him for 10 years, you know, and he's, we bounce each other's, you know, he's there to listen to me just like, any, mm-hmm. just like a friend, but it's, you know, someone you, you pay for, but you know, of like course. someone that like, it's it's all in confidence. It's all, and I, I don't know. I'm a pretty open book anyway with anyone in my inner circle. Mm-hmm. They, they know me, mm-hmm. you know, pretty well. So I don't really hide stories or anything these days, but it sure. is, it's just nice to have someone that you can talk to and just bounce ideas off. I and mean, they're just listening. Mm-hmm. So you're really, if you're doing it right, you're listening to yourself, say the shit that you're saying too at the same time. That's all so, point. Yeah. That's all point is to have you say it and hear it like to, yeah. to work it out in live time. And, uh, right. That's why it works because you have to, in the end, you have to convince yourself uh, or talk yourself into these things. Um, Absolutely. And that's what they help with, man. Well, dude, this is, this has been, these are always awesome with you. I I love these chats. I Um, appreciate you having me. We got to, before I get off though, real quick, we didn't talk about Area 15. We didn't talk about Area 15. The whole thing that you texted me, I didn't even, you didn't have the record yet. You texted me, you want to come on and talk about this Area 15 thing you guys got going on in Vegas? I'm like, sure. We haven't talked about it once this entire no, time. No, that's the that's the that's the beauty of this. We just got on other things, but uh, yeah, let's talk about it. Area fifteen in Vegas. Uh, it's what second week of May, like that weekend. Yep. Um, and so it's and this is just what I've gathered from Sick it. It's New a World festival will be out there on Saturday, so we kind of strategically put it out there. There's gonna be a bunch of hard mm-hmm. rockers out there and people who know the name of Avengers Sevenfold. So at yeah. Area fifteen, that is a stationary place that ha- always has. Uh, new content coming in and out of it where we're taking over for i think it's four or five days mm-hmm. while we're while it's out there and it's a new album experience so a 360 experience for the new record so fans are gonna get to hear the new record a couple weeks early and yeah. so is this something i couldn't really tell from what you had sent me but is this gonna be something where they walk through the place and the song like it, the record follows them through like a journey through the record or is it bit. depending on where you're standing is what you hear or everyone hears the same thing? 
Well, everyone's going to hear the same thing. Cause okay. gonna, there's, there's a couple, there's a few different rooms and a few different things going on in different rooms. So you can travel in and out and, and, uh, really kind of create your own experience in a, in a lot of respects. Um, but where the listening of the album happens is in one room and there'll be, uh, immersive 360 stuff happening around that entire room. Mm-hmm. Um, well that goes along with the new album and the concepts and just the imagery. Um, in general, uh, uh-huh. uh, I mean, we got great artwork done by Wes. He's, he's the guy who did all the Kanye stuff a few years back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he's an amazing artist, great dude. Um, so we're going to be using a lot of that artwork from the album, um, that that's going to be part of it. And, uh, just some other imagery stuff that we, that we've been, been working with. And, um, yeah, the whole 360 deal, it, it's just immersive. You're going to get a real good full experience of the album mm-hmm. three weeks before the album comes out. Cause mm-hmm. this will be second week of May and it'll be the first week of, yeah, first week of, of June. June that the album comes out. So it's an opportunity for, you know, the diehards or anyone that's out in that area to get an experience before anyone else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's just, it's fun. We've always done like the pop-up stuff. We've, we've tried to do a lot of different stuff over the years of, uh, uh, fun, new, exciting things. And this is, this is just a new, new avenue, a new, a new piece of technology that will help us create, uh, the narrative for this record moving forward. And do people get tickets for this? Uh, is it area 15.com and then, or can they get them through the, uh, you guys have like a whole ticket buying experience now for, yes. for Avenged. Can yes, they get it do. through that too? Or people yes, that are in that club will people get early access. Part of, yes. Uh, uh, token holders, token of holders. NFT, uh, death back club mm-hmm. a lot of people yeah, nft is such a such a naughty word these days but mm-hmm. it's uh, the way we're doing it is completely different it's not a cash grab we made a we used a new technology to create a, a fan club basically mm-hmm. and it's an, an interactive fan club none that like none none other before mm-hmm. is really the bottom mm-hmm. line i mean we're interacting with with the fans in there we're we're giving them uh you know access first access to our tickets that went on sale for our tour with Falling in reverse, um, uh, VIP access, front of the line access, exclusive merch access. I mean, it's a lot of stuff. So it's like, like yeah, they're paying for it in a sense, but they're also making money off that. That's mm-hmm. why we went with the NFT. I mean, we could have just charged them a monthly fee, like the old school way of doing it. Yeah. But they're actually gaining. It's like having, it's like having an equity at a country club. It's like a country club with equity. That's like a good way of putting it. You're getting, yeah, you're getting this. You're getting all the same stuff or and more, actually. Mm-hmm. We're giving more than the normal fan club would get. And on top of it, you're each time more people want to join this, there's only 10,000, mm-hmm. right? So you're only ever going to have 10,000 that are really part of that, part of the exclusive, exclusive part of the club. Mm-hmm. What that means is supply and demand. The more people that see it want to be a part of it, it the price goes up with that. Mm-hmm. So you're you're gaining equity on it. So that one day when you're tired of, you know, seeing Avenged Sevenfold on the 170th time you've seen him, gift it to your little brother, <laughs> gift it to your sister, sell it. I don't care. Sell it's it, yours. Yeah. You could do whatever. We have no control over it. Each yeah. one has their own IP and copyrighted address. Like we mm-hmm. have no, we have zero control over what you do with those, with those death bat NFTs after after you have them. Man. If Elon becomes a Avenged fan, he could get all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, yes, he could. He'll he pay everyone their price discount right now because not a lot of people understand what we're doing. So. Yeah, yeah, he'll buy them all up, and then it's just going to be a whole another can of worms, dude. Oh yeah, <laughs> shout so, out yeah, to Elon. So yeah, you can Musk. get the tickets through like our Death Bat Club. Um, you know, you, you can follow. It. You could go into the Discord and learn all about that. If you go to our mm-hmm. drink, uh, not drink, so I'm a drink, 
uh, our event sevenfold uh, discord, which is free and you could get in there, you know, um, and if you have any questions about it, that community has been with us since day one of launching that. And they are some of the smartest people in the space. They can help you through the ticketing stuff. They can help you through getting a wallet mask, all the stuff that you need. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're really helpful. They're not, they're not, <laughs> they're not pompous about it. They, 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 they all know where, where everyone starts with this new technology and you don't mm-hmm. know shit about it. So they're there to help and they've been great all the way through. So couldn't be, couldn't be more proud of, of that community that, that we built over the last two years. That's awesome, dude. I, I'm stoked for you, man. I'm stoked to, for everyone to hear this this record. I, I'm just going to have to take a picture of this and send it to you, these things I wrote down for each song, because it's fucking funny. Oh, looking please, through yeah. them. I, I don't want to say them on here. It's going to be stupid. It, it's going to, yeah, it'll be just be too much. For, uh, well, we could do we could do like a fifteen minute follow up if you want after the record comes out and you can tell it, we could go through each track. That'd be funny. Yeah, we could do that because I've got like yeah I've got notes for every one of them. Just what it makes me initially think, like first impression, <laughs> and then now having it for a few days and and yeah, yeah you you've got uh, something really let good it, let here. It, let it grow on you. This is what we do when yeah. we, when we send it to our friends. It's yeah. like here it is. Don't give me any opinions on it for at least a week. Mm-hmm. I just got to listen to it. That's what you said. It's a grower. I think I said I'm growing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you did. I was halfway through and I'm like, this is crazy. Uh, Anyway. uh, Semi way through is what what you said. Semi. semi. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Dude, congratulations on this wonderful record and just continuing on a fantastic career and and where you're at. And and it's always good to talk to you. And and, uh, thanks for taking the time, dude. And of I'm course. gonna let you go so you can get uh, onto your podcast. Yeah, yeah do that. Important stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll text you in a little bit, buddy. Sounds good. All right, man. Appreciate All right, your time. Thank you. See you later. 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 Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold back for a third time on the show. We'll have him on every year. He's always fun to talk to. Um, I know this one. He just got back from rehearsals. They were rehearsing, you know, uh, five days a week. For this upcoming tour, uh, they're going to be on tour for a while, and it's been a long time, so uh, a lot of practice to be had, uh, but I was glad he was able to make time to do this, um, and like I said, just become a really good friend through podcasting and stuff. We talk about stuff all the time, trying to like trying out new ideas and what'll work, what doesn't. If we've tried out things other people haven't, that's what you hear in the beginning. We're trying out StreamYard. Um, that's what I've been using lately, and I really enjoy it and uh, trying to get him into it as well. So uh, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. The new Avenged Sevenfold record, Life is But a Dream, is out June 2nd. Uh, you can head down in Vegas to Area 15 and check out the album event all weekend as well as their uh, surprise show they just announced tomorrow, Friday, the May May 12th at the A-Lot at Area 15 in Vegas. If not there, check them out on tour. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to see them in the Portland date, um, and I can't wait to do that. So, uh, guys, I got a lot to do. I'm going to get out of here, but thank you so much for supporting this show. Send us a rating or a review uh, or show us to a friend, and uh, I hope you guys really enjoyed this one. As always, we'll see you on the radio.
This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.